Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from App Figures, and here's your weekly roundup of the most interesting updates from the world of mobile apps and games, according to me. Remember Wordle, the simple word game that took the internet and eventually the App Store by storm back in January? If so, you probably also remember the other Wordle, a mobile game with the same name created back in 2016 that became the most downloaded game in the US for quite a while. Well, fast forward a few months and the sensation is somewhat over. The New York Times acquired the official web game and downloads of the other Wordle were on the decline. But then, ad network AppLovin decided it was time to get busy and very quietly acquired Wordle. So quiet, most news outlets that would normally notice immediately didn't even realize until about a month later. So was it worth it? Let's have a look at downloads. Now, I'd normally look at revenue to answer such a question, but AppLovin is an ad network that cares about eyeballs for its ads. So downloads make a lot more sense here. The game changed hands in early April, although both the developer and AppLovin were silent about the entire transaction, looking when the app's publisher name changed and gave it away. By April, it was obvious demand for Wordle was shrinking fast. Daily downloads, which were in the hundreds of thousands for all of February, every day, got cut to less than 80,000 by the end of March. So a great time to get out if you're the developer and you can make a chunky exit on a game you made back in 2016. Also, potentially a good time for an ad network with seemingly infinite ad spend to spend on a potentially hot topic, right? As soon as the game changed hands, download spiked and remained high for a couple of weeks, but the sharp increase was met with a sharp decrease. And if you're thinking, hmm, this can't be organic, you're most likely correct. I think this was pure ad spend. What surprised me is that after the sharp decline, there were no more ads, or not enough at least to sustain downloads. And the decline from March continued at pretty much the same rate as it did before. If you squint, you can see the trend from March continuing as soon as the ad-supported bump ended. So was it worth it? Um, I don't think so, but I can't really fault AppLovin for trying. Who knew the trend that would started so abruptly would also decline so abruptly, right? Next up is Airbnb. The short-term rental platform has made an amazing comeback in the last month. After having downloads almost disappear due to lockdowns in early 2020, Airbnb saw downloads soar in 2022, hitting all-time highs, which I talked about a few weeks ago, and we'll link to that in the description below in case you missed it and you want to see the numbers, and the numbers are big. But a competing app has seen downloads rising as well, and in the last few months has been consistently beating Airbnb in the US. Verbo, the wish version of short-term rentals as some on the internet dubbed it, looks and operates much like Airbnb. The site isn't as sleek as Airbnb, especially not when compared to the new Airbnb that launched not too long ago. And there aren't as many listings in my experience, but that's not stopping Verbo, which is owned by Expedia from outpacing Airbnb in terms of downloads. In January, the pair saw a similar number of downloads in the US. Our estimates put downloads at an average of 28,000 per day. Nice. Fast forward to May, and daily downloads peaked at more than double for Airbnb, hitting 68,000. But Verbo was way ahead, peaking at 180,000 downloads just a few days before. That's a lot of downloads. It's nearly double. The obvious trend is obvious. People want to leave their houses and apartments and live in other people's houses and apartments. In the last few weeks, I've covered a few other real-world apps that are seeing massive growth in downloads for the same reasons. People just want to get out. But the less obvious trend here is that Airbnb has competition for kind of the first time. Pre-pandemic, Verbo was seeing about a third of Airbnb's downloads on a daily basis, and that trend didn't veer off at all. 
Verbo overtook Airbnb for short periods of time in 2020 and 2021, but those were very short. And this time, it's very different. It could be that demand is simply higher than Airbnb supply, or that Verbo is spending way more in ads. But overall, it means Airbnb is no longer the only game in town. And I hope that means we'll get better customer service, from my experience. Next, Twitch has had a great run for the last few years. The streaming platform for gamers that's owned by Amazon was grown rapidly and seemed unbeatable. Then came COVID lockdowns and Twitch was not just being used by more people, but it was also being used for more than just games. And there's more. It was bringing in more revenue from its apps than ever before. Downloads are nice, but if you've been following the channel for long enough, you know my thoughts about these platforms. It's all about creators. Twitch has a simple incentive for creators. It lets viewers reward streamers with money. What else can you ask for, right? In 2020, in-app purchases across the App Store and Google Play in the US grew by 350%, from around $3.9 million of net revenue in January to $18 million of net revenue in December, according to our estimates. Things got even better in 2021. Our estimates show that Twitch's net revenue in the US grew to $27 million in March and in April. That's nearly six times higher than January of 2020. But wait, in October of 2021, a massive hack resulted in a leak that exposed how much Twitchers were earning and the good run ended. Revenue dropped almost instantly and Twitch was unable to recover, ending 2021 December with $13 million of net revenue in the US, a half of March. Crazy, right? Things didn't get better in 2022 either. In fact, April's revenue the last full month in the US was lower than January of 2020, just $3.7 million of net revenue. Can Twitch recover? I think the answer isn't a hard no, but it's also not a definite yes. Why? Because YouTube saw the opportunity and has been focusing more of its attention on gamers, adding features that Twitch had and enticing gamers to switch over because it has more ways to monetize back to creators. And why is YouTube so determined to get creators over? Because TikTok has been stealing its creators. See what's going on here? This vicious cycle is a good reminder that creators are the hot commodity these days. The platforms know it, and much like last year's streaming wars for video streaming, I have a feeling we'll see platforms fighting over creators in 2022, and that's really great for us creators. If you're a creator, now's a great time to double down and do more. Now, let's move on to dating apps. Bumble has been one of the highest earning apps in the US for a very long time. While it isn't earning as much as Swipe Master Tinder, it's really the only one that gets close. Not only that, thanks to lockdowns and the world that quickly became digital, Bumble's revenue was growing pretty nicely in the last couple of years, but Bumble wanted more and had a simple way to earn it by increasing prices and offering fewer features for free. Huh? Did it work? I don't think so. See, Bumble's revenue was growing steadily. According to estimates, net revenue in the US rose 33% from $12 million in January to $16 million of December of 2021. In August of 2021, Bumble increased its monthly price from $32.99 to $39.99. Now, I don't know the economics of Bumble, but to me, both of those look pretty high. If you think this is ridiculously high, leave me a comment and tell me what you think it's worth. I'm curious. But in any case, it kind of worked. The increase along with the steady growth overall helped Bumble's monthly net revenue hit a new high in October with $27 million of net revenue, according to estimates. But this wasn't a trend. In November, revenue decreased, and in December, it increased a tiny bit, but just a tiny bit, and it is December. But the story isn't over. 
In December, Bumble took away free features and required the paid subscription, which angered a lot of users who took to the App Store and Google Play to leave a bunch of negative reviews. Back to why this matters, though. Although revenue grew in January, I think it grew despite Bumble's squeeze and not thanks to it. Why? Because it declined right after and has only grown slowly since. If you look at the trend back in the early part of 2021, it's pretty obvious that trend was hindered by something. Short-term, revenue growth is somewhat stagnant, and unless something happens, I think long-term, these two moves will leave a gap for other competitors like Hinge, which isn't too far behind. Price experiments are always challenging, but have a massive upside when done right. Higher prices and fewer features just isn't right. If you're considering changing the price of your app or game, make sure you don't do that. That's, that's not how you do it. Last one for this week. Shortly after Russia's invasion of Ukraine began back in February, VPN apps became the most downloaded class of apps in Russia. I covered it a few times early on, and I'll leave links to those in the description in case you want to see those numbers. They were kind of crazy. Now, nearly three months into it, I was curious to see if this wave was over. The short answer is not exactly. See, VPNs are still some of the most downloaded apps in Russia right now, but the pool of options has gotten much smaller. Two VPN apps are now in command of Russia, down from more than 10 apps that were fighting for dominance just a few months ago. The two are 1.1.1.1 from Cloudflare, a well-known name, and Super Unlimited Proxy, huh? an unknown name. Downloads of both rose sharply at the end of February. Within two weeks of Russia's invasion, weekly downloads rose from around 14,000 to nearly a million for the pair, according to our estimates. This was pretty much the case for most apps that had the term VPN in their name, but unlike the rest, Cloudflare and its no-name competitor didn't decline. In fact, downloads continue to rise. Our estimates show that weekly downloads have hit their highest last week, adding 1.9 million new downloads from the App Store and Google Play in Russia. The previous peak was the week before, but the one before that was back in mid-March. The demand for VPNs isn't likely to decline as long as there's censorship, and I'm not seeing that ending really anytime soon. I'm still surprised these two apps are allowed to operate in Russia. Do you think that's going to change anytime soon? Leave me a comment. And that's all I have for you this week. If you want to see the most downloaded apps and games in the world, check out last week's episode here. And if you like this video, make sure to hit the like button and consider subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. I'll see you next week.